no one has told you yet today, good morning. I don't know about you, but there is nothing like a good morning greeting that starts my day. There's nothing like looking into the eyes, into the face of another human being and being greeted in a pleasant way. If you're with me for the first time, I want to welcome you to Black Table Talk, Daring Dialogues. I am your host, Shante Charles. I hope that you've been having a great and wonderful day. I want to first of all, thank my creator for allowing me to see another day. The creator of all things, master, true master of the universe, uh, for allowing me to be present and existing. I also want to say it is now season 12. So if you're just joining us for the first time, you'll be in for a treat, hopefully every single Tuesday uh, for about 100 episodes all together. Um, and so this is what we do. We have a conversation. We have the Black Table Talk. We bring to the table issues that are important to us things that we care about, things that we want to talk about, that maybe the world per se um, at large is not talking about, or maybe the dominant society, as someone would say, is not talking about, but it's important to us and it matters to us. So again, I'm your host, Shante Charles, and let's get started. So as you know, if you have been with us, we do readings here. We do read alouds and discussions. And the first thing I want to talk about is the power of reading and the importance of reading right now in this hour. When I started this program in 2016, I started reading aloud. I was reading aloud on my personal page uh, because I felt a divine unction to do so. And I started out by reading Martin Luther King's books online, live stream, live for other people to hear. I started out with his book, um, why we why we can't wait and from that book i went to the radical king and then i went on to um chaos or community where do we go from here chaos or community it was those three books that got me banned listen it was those three books just opening up a book turning on my camera going live and good morning to those of you who are coming in it was reading those books live stream on Facebook that got me banned from Facebook's platform for 18 months. That was back in 2016. That wasn't ancient times. That wasn't when Facebook first started, right? That was 2016. And they banned me from live stream for 18 months simply for reading. It was at that point that I realized that wait a minute, I'm doing something as simple as reading. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm not twerking. I'm not taking off my clothes. Um, I'm not doing any of these things that people do, right? For sometimes for just attention. I was just reading a book and it got me banned from live stream for 18 months. And that was when the light bulb came on and it let me understand how much power there is in just reading, how much power there is in just disseminating knowledge and information in this fashion and in this form. Now, since then, 
obviously more book clubs have popped up more people are getting online opening up books that other people might not have access to or those books might be too expensive to access especially if they are um, like first edition books some of these books can run you between 200 to 600 dollars just to purchase and own a copy of these books so people are getting online they're opening up books they're reading aloud and i love it i am here for it so i started this platform out as sort of a reading rainbow for adults and now here we are it's 2023 this is i've been doing this in june will be seven years and look at where we are right now in our country look at where we are with the idea that books are literally being banned in real time and i want to point this out because i'm going to show you some they're not just being banned in schools i need people to understand this they're not just being banned in schools they are being banned in public libraries so for those who are shouting and yelling and saying, oh, well, my kid's still going to get access. We can just take our kid to the public library. No. Some of these states, these banning rules and restrictions and guidelines, they apply to books in the state across the board. So even if you are an adult, your access to what you want to read by choice, and you're not a minor, your access is also being denied. How do I know that personally? Well, for one, I worked um, partly as a school librarian, and then I worked partly as a school librarian assistant. So I got a chance to see firsthand um, the process for protecting knowledge. I got a chance to see um, the process for deciding what kinds of books would go into a school in the first place. And let me tell you, those books are vetted before they go into a school. So to then come back around or to circle back around because one parent or two parents decide that their child doesn't want to, um, that they don't think their child should have access to a certain book or a certain ideology, but that's okay. There are things in place that your child doesn't have to have access to that book. You can actually tell your school librarian I don't want my child picking out certain books and the librarian can actually mark your child's name in the computer system. And when your child goes into the school library to select a certain book, there's a flag or a notice that comes up about the kinds of books that your child can check out and read that can be done. So if you want to restrict your specific child from reading certain books, you can do that as a parent. But then to say, I don't want my child to read it, and then I don't want anybody else to read it, those are two entirely different things. So one of the things that has happened, as I said, these books are being removed from public libraries. And I didn't realize how many books were being moved until I started to just order some books that I wanted for myself online. So I typed in African art, right? I was looking for some more books to add to my collection and I typed in black history. I was looking again for more books to add to my personal library. As I came upon these books, right, I started noticing how inexpensive these books are. And I was like, wait a minute, 
this book is like 30 40 50 dollars just normally if you go and buy it why is this book being sold for five dollars and 25 cents like is something wrong here why is this book being sold for seven dollars okay so this is not just amazon this is other platforms as well um also thrift books so i said okay they said this is a, a good book that it's in good condition let me go ahead and order it right so i ordered my books and i ordered envisioning emancipation black americans in the end of slavery beautifully illustrated book there's images in here that we tend to see online all the time but I wanted my own physical copy so I could read the stories behind some of the images that we often see that are being posted online, right? Then this book here, <laughs> this is really hard to get. It's like $200 brand new, okay? But I got it for a relatively decent price. It's um, Nell Painter, who is a very well-known writer and it's called Creating Black Americans. This is not an old book, right? This book was, let's see, trying to see the um, publication date here for a moment. 2006. Okay, so this is not an old book. But I want you to pay attention to, after I bought this book, look at where it came from. Okay? That's why the books are this inexpensive. They're literally emptying out the public libraries and reselling the books online. So if you are a person who is an archivist, a researcher, a, researcher, a historian, um, any of that, and you're trying to build your, your personal library, now would be a good time to go and stack up. Um, here's another one. And I was actually shocked at this. Okay. They're out of the, uh, mainly the North Carolina, uh, rural North Carolina area. I'm doing some, some study there, but look at the library guys. Look. Library book. I'm showing you this. Because I don't want you to think that I'm lying. <laughs> okay. So when we talk about certain things, I got some more for you. Library book. Shall I continue? Library book. Library book. Five to seven dollars each. And here's the clincher. <laughs> Library book. See what that says? I went and looked up where this was. And this is either, I think, Wyoming or Texas. Because both of them have a Johnson County. Okay? So, this, this is not conjecture. This is not conspiracy theory. This is happening in real time. Literally. History. Is being 
wiped out of your public libraries and institutions. And so people like me who are keepers of knowledge, keepers of history, researchers, artists, historians, craftsmen, journalists, somebody has to go rescue the history. If you have the wherewithal to do so, you might want to go rescue some of your history. Now, we don't know if in the future, um, well, actually, we, we, we're seeing some of it now out of Florida. They're having parents come in and do the sweep through in the school libraries. Parent volunteers. Who knows if you drive to Florida, if you might not um, at some point get charged with book trafficking. You get a pretextual stop in Florida. Their, their laws are very interesting when it comes to law enforcement and what they can do. You, you get pulled over on a pretextual stop and you got some of these in your backseat. All of a sudden, you could probably be held up because you've got books that aren't allowed in Florida. You're doing your summer vacation travel. You brought all of, the, all of your reading material with you. You're in your car. You're driving through. Pretextual stop. Oh, what is this we have here? Oh, you have books on black history? That's suspicious. That's suspicious behavior. Because in our state, we've decided that these books shouldn't be here. What are you going to do? I mean, we think that's ridiculous, right? But it's also ridiculous that they're removing books from public libraries. And yet here we are. This is happening in real time. So again, if you are one who wants to preserve our history, if you are one who wants to preserve what your children have the ability to learn, number one, you need to be calling and talking to your representatives ASAP especially if you're in a state that has not yet gone to these kinds of links. You all need to be, you need to be making it clear right now. We will not tolerate what's happening in Florida. We will not tolerate what's happening in Texas. We will not tolerate what's happening in Arkansas with schools and funding. We will not tolerate what's happening in Arizona. You have to make your voice heard now because the goal is not to stop at Florida or Texas. The goal is for this kind of stuff to be happening all across the United States of America. That is the goal. And if you're just coming in, make sure you catch the replay so you can see all of the books that I was able to buy offline, five to $7 that are coming from libraries that have removed our books off the shelves. So they're removing our books off the shelves, go online, order books, and make sure you have some books on your own history so that you can teach your children and your children's children and your grandchildren and your uncles and your aunts and your nieces and your cousins. All right. Is that okay? Can I give that advice? Nobody's going to get upset, right? Okay. All right, moving on.
what's on the table, what is also on the table today. Well, we know basketball star Angel Reese began to cause a ruckus <laughs> over the last couple of days about her response to media perception, audience perception of her sportsmanship, or rather, the perceived lack of sportsmanship, right? She spoke, I think she has spoken very eloquently in her own way for her own self. She's spoken up for herself um, concerning what has been said about her, as she said, all season. This is how you all have perceived me. Other people do the same kinds of things, enact the same kinds of behaviors, and you all don't say anything. And I'm really uh, excited kind of about this generation of young people. Okay, I am not a young people. I'm in my 40s. All right. But I'm very excited about this generation of young people that is standing up for themselves. Right. They're not just saying it's okay to have two different standards for people participating and acting in the same field. And I can appreciate that. Now, we might say, well, she needs to tone it down some, right? I've heard some commentators say she was out of bounds. Yes, she does this all the time, but this was a little bit out of bounds. Well, make sure you keep that same energy when people on the other side are out of bounds as well. And I think that is what she was pointing out, right? She was pointing out that you're holding me to a standard that you're not holding other people to. But guess what? It's Black Women's History Month, and I think we are kind of used to that by now, although we shouldn't be, right? But that's what's happening in the case of Angel. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, as we know that spring break is here for a lot of uh, states, I know some states have already had spring break mid-March, but it's going all the way through into mid-April, I believe after Easter or Resurrection Sunday, whichever um side of the religious aisle you fall on somebody some people call it easter some people call it ishtar some people call it the resurrection right so we've got spring break going on but we're also going to get into the summer we're going to get into summer travel i want to give some travel warnings we've already given you a few based on what is happening with books right but what are some other places if you know of some other places that you want to warn people about, you want to warn black people, hey, if you're driving through this area, make sure you keep your head on a swivel. If you're driving through this area, make sure you've got a full tank of gas. <laughs> so you don't have to stop. If you're driving through this area, make sure you already have food. So you don't have to stop. Okay. Last summer, as I went, uh, as we went doing some traveling and visiting family, we came across a couple of things. And I said I was not going to talk about it until we were kind of like fully out of the legal piece of it. But um, before I talk about that, I want to give a few travel warnings. Um, places that you want to um, just be aware of and make sure that you are um kind of aware of your surroundings and taking care of yourself in the manner of safety. Texas. I have wonderful family in Texas. I have lots of family in Texas. But Texas is like Florida. 
These people are losing their ever-loving minds. <laughs> and I just want you to be careful, black people, as you make your way, as you travel through Texas, because some of the things that is happening there, it's just not safe. It's not safe. And yes, there are pockets of safety in Texas, just like I say about Florida. Everybody's like, oh, Florida's okay. No, there are pockets of places in Florida that are safe. Pockets. Jacksonville, although there's stuff that's happened in Jacksonville too. Um, Tallahassee, fairly decent population of black and brown people there. It's also a college town. I lived in Tallahassee uh, for many years. Um, I wouldn't even say Miami is safe right now and I'm from Miami. But I'm not going to Miami right now. Mm -mm. It's too many people down there right now that are aligned with the wrong side of the aisle. So it's a no for me. I'm just saying. I love y'all. But mm -mm. nope. <laughs> Orlando, Tampa. And Orlando is tricky because right out, well, right outside of Disney World, right, it's it's really Kissimmee. It's not really Orlando. If you've ever been to Disney World, you know that it's really Kissimmee. People say Orlando, but it's it's Kissimmee. But that whole little area in there, <laughs> mm -mm. and now Disney wants to battle it out with him, that guy. Yeah, just be careful. So, Texas, Florida, um, Georgia. If you're in Georgia, you can tell us a little bit about the cop city they're building that people are still protesting. That's not really getting a, enough traction. But Georgia, be careful, right? Minnesota. I posted something a couple of days ago. You can probably scroll through my timeline and uh, look at the articles we posted about the worst places to live for black people. It was based on population, employment um, rate, um, home ownership, and a few other factors. So it wasn't just people saying, oh, don't live there. It was like, no, based on these factors, this is not the best place for you to park, right? One of them was Minnesota, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, interestingly enough, Iowa was on this list. Um, Waterloo, Iowa. Mm -hmm. The place where the gentleman was found. Um, his head separated from his body. Yeah, Mississippi, okay, Mississippi. I have some, one of my relatives that is there in a very, very prominent position. He just got appointed to a prominent position and I am praying for him and his family and all of my biracial extended family that have joined him in Mississippi you know, the place where they just found a black boy with his head decapitated 
and they found his spinal cord somewhere else. Please tell me how you find a spinal cord and not the body attached to the spinal cord. If you're just coming in, we're talking about travel warnings. So when I hear that the NAACP is getting ready to issue a travel warning for Florida, I'm like, um, NAACP, let me, let me talk to you for a second. Because <laughs> you need a whole list of places, not just Florida, that you should be issuing travel warnings about. Mississippi. Minnesota, Georgia, Florida, parts of Arizona, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee. And then I started thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to have to agree with author uh, Andre Henry, who said, the whole world is Stone Mountain. It's, I mean, yes, there are parts of the world that we can go to and we can feel amazing about being there as black people. But we live in a very anti-black world. We live in a world where even there are black people who practice anti-blackness. So it's not like you can just run away. I know we want to think that. I, I know we do. I know we do. And sometimes we can get reprieve in certain places. Living in certain places, we feel safe there. We feel a reprieve being in our own communities, right? Being in a space where everybody is black. But even in the spaces where everybody is black, there's still a few anti-black people sprinkled in there. <laughs> and you still have to fight through some of the anti-black sentiments and anti-black ideology but i've also i've lived i've lived in a place where it's you know 50 60 percent black people it's been a great feeling i've also lived in a place where it was seven percent black people and you could count us So if you did anything, <laughs> if you made a misstep of any kind, you were noticed because it was 7% of you in the whole region, 7%. Now I know there are other places that are even less than that, but at 7%, I felt my blackness. Mm-hmm. I sure did. I did. So I don't. I don't knock being in a place where there are more black people, right? But I also am not naive enough to think that just because there are more black people that I'm not going to encounter anti-blackness from those black people. I encountered way more when there was 7% of us because some black people were simply trying to survive. They were doing what is called the fawn response. Well, what is the fawn response? People often talk about fight or flight or freeze. But the fawn response is when you kowtow to whatever is happening. 
It's the people who think that being a good black person is going to somehow save them from white supremacists. It's the person who decides to align with whiteness and ignore other black people, hoping that they will be seen as the good Negro. That's fawning, that's fawning behavior. And when I lived in a space that was 7% black people, I saw a lot of that. There were black people that just ignored us. They acted like we didn't exist. <laughs> Once they were in with the white people in our communities, they didn't, they didn't talk to you. They didn't speak to you. They didn't look at you. Why? Because they were trying to protect their own space. They were trying to protect their own territory. They were trying to protect their own adjacency. They were trying to protect their own access. And I got it. I was like, hey, if you want to be Steven from Django, <laughs> go right ahead. But guess what? When this thing burns down, don't come running over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yes, a lot of that happens in spaces where there are very few of us. People decide, hey, I'm going to, because I'm in this space, I'm going to align with white adjacency. And hopefully I will not be harmed. So there's this hope that if I align with, if I do what they say, if I participate in the anti-blackness, that I'm not going to be harmed. I, ha I had people when I lived in that region tell me, literally, do not make friends with black people. That was said to me by a black woman. I'm like, what do you mean don't make friends with black people? What? I was, I was confused. I was like, what are you talking about? She said, if you want to do well here, do not make friends with black people. She said, if you want to do well here, do not go shop where black people shop. She was literally laying out a plan for white adjacency in order for me to survive in this particular space and region. And I'm looking like, is she for real? Is, is she for real? I'm like, ma'am, is this how you survive? She was serious. She was like, don't go to these stores here. Don't do your grocery shopping here because this is where all the black people go. Go over here and shop over here. I was like, blink twice. <laughs> And this was before the now famous film, Get Out. She was clearly, she had, she had dived into the sunken place. Nobody, you know, nobody clanged the spoon on the cup. She just dove in and she was perfectly fine there. And so I'm not that kind of black person. 
so yeah, there are some people you just have to you just have to recognize and realize that there are some people that you're gonna meet that um Harriet Tubman would have left behind and uh and certainly John Brown would have had some major problems with. So that's my travel warnings. If you know of any other place that black people should consider or think twice about traveling to, because we want to help ourselves out. We want to make sure that we survive and we thrive and we live. So if you know any other places that I didn't mention that black people need to think twice about traveling to, whether it's a state or a city or a town, please drop that in the comments. Let's help each other out. Okay. Last thing I want to share with you today is I want to share the book that we're going to be starting out reading into the rest of this month on Tuesdays. And the book is called Black Women's Wellness. This is a book that is just out. And all I'm doing today is I'm going to preview it. And uh, it is by Melanie McLeod. She's an OBGYN. Um, she's talking about everything from health to sex to phenomenal living. So we will be reading some excerpts from this. I want to just preview some of the topics. So for those of you who are interested in, in uh, purchasing her work, she's going to be talking about the five, the top five medical conditions affecting black women's lives. Diseases of the heart, obesity and diabetes, maternal mortality and perinatal loss, cancer, and HIV and AIDS. Those are the top five medical conditions affecting black women's lives. One more time, heart disease, um, myocardial infarction, hypertension, all of that is under diseases of the heart, obesity and diabetes, maternal mortality and perinatal loss, cancer, and how many black women don't have to die, and HIV and AIDS. Those are the top five medical conditions affecting black women's lives. And if you think about it, um, HIV, or rather the knowledge of it, came out in, in the 1980s, the mid-1980s. Here it is, 2023, and HIV is still heavily impacting Black women's lives. Part two, your unique womanly form. Because no, everyone is not built the same below. Your feminine form and conditions that can affect your feminine form. Menopause. I do believe Oprah Winfrey has um, just launched a program to help women understand menopause and, and um, pre-menopause. I think perimenopause is the correct term for it. So I'm really excited to see she's got a section in here on that as a woman in my 40s. Um, from what I'm understanding, a lot of black women are being caught off guard by premenopausal syndromes and trying to figure out how to navigate through that. 
and conditions that affect the rest of your body, like eye conditions, lung conditions. We're going to talk about it. Then she's got a whole section in here on sex, sensuality, and relationships, reclaiming your sexual your sexuality dealing with things like hookups dealing with things like what happens when it's painful and not pleasurable black women and marriage what does that look like in today's society and then she's got a wonderful section on pearls of wisdom to heal your relationships she also has a, has a section on dealing with domestic violence and also dealing with divorce to divorce or not divorce. Her final section in this book is about your happiness, dealing with your beauty. So those external things, because right for, for us, beauty is not just an internal thing. It's an inside job. Whether or not you should do things like plastic surgery, what options are out there if you're interested in that. Dealing with everything from your skin care to your hair care to your dental care. And then she also has a section on your state of mind and the mental health disorders that uh, we are seeing happen in our community. She also deals with racism's effect on Black women's health, financial health and money management, and how to survive, thrive, and stay alive. And not just utilize or have these lessons for yourself, but how do you begin to uh, pass your wisdom on, right, to your daughters and to your sons? One of the most important things for me, I would say, in my life as a younger woman was having a conversation with my two grandmothers and my mother. They sat me down before I got married and... I am so thankful to this day that I had the sense of mind to record that conversation. Now it's on a cassette tape. <laughs> so I have a cassette player and I often uh, pull that tape out, put it in and listen because both of my grandmothers have passed away. But they sat me down and they talked to me about life and they talked to me about men. They did this when I was 20 one years old. I've never forgotten that conversation. I've never forgotten those lessons. They talked to me about compatibility. They talked to me about the choices that they made and why they made them. They talked to me about women's rights and what women had access to. And when they got married, they talked about things like infidelity. They talked about what it was like to be a widow. They talked about uh, what it was like to be divorced. They talked about what it was like to raise children and never get married. So I had all of those kinds of conversations with my elders. I sat at their feet and I listened. And I didn't think that it was a weird thing to listen to my elders talk about their life. No I was not going to be living the exact same life that they lived, but I was, I had enough sense of mind to know that they've been the road that I'm trying to travel, that they've been where I'm trying to go, <laughs> right? And I was also able to glean from their own trials, 
their own tribulations, their own troubles. And they were able to say, here's what we did. We weren't always right. We weren't always perfect. But here's what we learned. And take with that what you will. You have the choice to make your own decisions about how you want to live your life. Here's what we did. Here's how we did it. Here's why we did it. One thing I could say about both of my grandmothers is they raised both of them, 11 children on their own. They became friends because they were both women raising 11 children on their own. (laughs) Both of them having different circumstances as to why they were raising 11 children on their own, but they did it. And here's what I can say. They did it without a sugar daddy or daddies. Just in that, I learned a lot. They were not looking for someone to pay their way. They were not looking for someone to take the burden off of them. They did what they had to do as women without compromising who they wanted to be or how they wanted to walk in this world. Again, that was their choice. And they made that very clear. They could have remarried after being widowed. They could have, but they chose a particular life for themselves. And their children turned out pretty okay. They went to the military. So I was raised within a a village on both sides of my family. I was raised seeing my aunts and my uncles. I was raised seeing them go on to some of them serve in the military. Some of them, um, you know, start a job right out of out of high school and then continue. Some of them go on to college. So I didn't have this narrow view about how you could do well in this country. I didn't have a narrow view about, oh, you must go to college in order to succeed. I didn't have a a narrow view, oh, you must go to the military in order to succeed. I got a chance to see different pathways to do well. Now, that's underrated today, but I got a chance to see it. So I was able Through just looking at my village and the decisions and choices they were making, I was able to make my own decision. Do I want to go this route? Do I want to go the college route? Do I want to um, go the military route? Do I want to just start my own business? I saw business owners, not only in my family, but in my community. So my frame of reference, even though I was in the hood, was never one of, oh, there's nothing for me to do but stand on the corner and get involved in in drug trafficking. (laughs) I don't know what people think is going on in the minds of children in the hood, but let me tell you, it's not that. (laughs) Yeah. So even growing up in the hood, 
you still see that there are other options besides getting caught up in the drug trade or even in the sex trafficking trade. There are choices. There are choices. All right. So I'm going to stop talking at this point. I hope you've enjoyed what I've had to say today. Um, Again, we'll be back on next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will be reading excerpts from Black Women's Wellness. If you are a Black woman, if you love Black women, go pick up a copy so you can learn some things about Black women and our health and wellness. You married to a Black woman? Go pick this up, please. And as Beyonce says, get information. All right. If you would like to come and join me on screen, I'd like to reserve some time for my co-hosts. Those of you who are watching today, I want to thank you for watching. Those of you who stopped in and will come back and catch the replay, thank you as well. And do not send stars. Facebook does not give me any stars. (laughs) If you want to support the work that we do here on this platform, you can do it through Cash App at Dollar Sign Life Nation, or you can join our squad at patreon.com forward slash daring dialogues. The funds that we collect go back into the community to serve local causes. All right, let's see if we can add you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am good. Listen, I'm sorry I missed you up the table. Somehow my table <laughs> lost. You are fine. So she was kind of reaping what she had been doing to other people. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And some some people know that, and that's why some people are referring to that also. Do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Because we're happy. See, but you all better not go out there and peacefully protest because we don't want to 
America. Like I keep saying, that's America. When are we going to wake up and understand and realize that America has always been America? It hasn't changed. So, um, what is it that they say? Um, doing the same thing and accepting different, expecting different results, isn't that called insanity? It's called insanity. So, so if we know that America has not changed at this point, uh-huh. doesn't plan on changing, then it is up to us to do something different, uh-huh. right? Right. Because the more we continue to respond in the same exact way, the more I see mental health cases rising. Because uh-huh. you're literally driving yourself crazy thinking that, they're going to be different from who they are. And when I say who they are, if you're not racist, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> right. You gotta make that so don't come in. Uh, and that's another thing. This is a black space. There's literally, it literally says black in the name of this page. So don't, Come into this space with foolishness. Because we're talking to black people. We've made that very clear. Other people are invited to listen in. You can comment. But don't come here espousing white supremacist messages and ideology because I'm going to block you. I'm not having a conversation with you. I'm not going back and forth with you. You see this? You see this? I'm going to maintain my peace and my wellness because I'm not going back and forth with you. You will not be coming into this space gaslighting me or anyone else. Point blank. Go somewhere else and I'm going to help you go somewhere else. I'm going to escort you out with the block button. Oh, I know. They think it's some of them think it's some of them think it's their responsibility to police black pages online and black voices. I'm like, I I don't know if you're from Florida, but we're not doing that over here. I don't know who well, sent you to my page, but I'm going to escort you out. Well, listen. Florida <laughs> is on the verge of losing a lot of money. reason why? Because Florida is on the verge of losing a lot of residents. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I have, he- I have heard I have heard people saying they are getting ready to make an exit from the Florida economy. They are planning to move. I have heard that. So yeah. any other places that uh, we need to think about a travel warning? Because I know you travel quite a bit. Well, so far, places that I've traveled, you know, so far I haven't heard anything negative about them or seen anything. You know, and I haven't had any bad experiences in any of them. I'm talking about South Carolina. Yeah, I know there's some bad areas in there, but the areas that I travel to, Real nice. Yeah. Alabama. I'm mostly, I'm mostly going to Dalton, Alabama. 
Yeah, notice I didn't mention Alabama. Right. I didn't mention that. I didn't mention them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, matter of fact, I'm going to a bunch of friendly people. I'm white people. Now there's an area right outside of um there's an area right outside of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, that we drove through um going to Myrtle Beach. It's like it sits on the border out it's like um it's almost right at the North Carolina, South Carolina border, but it's a little bit outside of Myrtle Beach. It's right before you get to Myrtle Beach. That whole stretch, almost every house we pass by, house. <laughs> almost every house we pass by had either a Confederate flag pole in their yard, not the United States flag, a Confederate flag, or they had the T-Rump 2024 uh-huh. sign flag uh-huh. on a pole in front of their house. I said, oh, we can't break down here. <laughs> yeah, right. well, well, like I was like, I was like, I'm glad we have a full tank of gas uh-huh. and we cannot break down on this road. Those two things we were assured of because I was like, we don't know who is going to come out here to help. So, yeah, but I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't see the sign for where we were. I just knew that it was right outside of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And it was like one of those back roads that connect North Carolina into South Carolina. Somebody out here may know, but I was like, this is not okay. This is not okay. And that was last year, last year. Last um summer. Yeah, I used to I used to actually uh the end of growing up, you know, like during you know, summers I would go with some of my friends. Uh, their people were from South Carolina, like Andrews, Stanford, uh, and we would go to Myrtle Beach sometimes. They had a big carnival that was on that Myrtle Beach, you know, permanent carnival, I think, and you know we would go there sometimes. But um and you know but. People that we were with, there were certain areas that they would stay away from. Mm. They, and they knew, you know, well, no, we can't go to those areas. Now, I'm talking about back in, in the 70s, you know, the mid 70s on up. You know, but they knew that, okay, we can't go to these certain areas. That was like, they used to be out here with Davey. Davey? Oh, yeah, Davey, Florida? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that was, that was uh, back, back some years ago, that was the sundown town. Davey? Um, uh, what's the place? Um, gosh, it just slipped my mind. Redlands. So Homestead, Florida, lots of, uh, farming communities, um, migrants, um, you know, black people, indigenous to the area or formerly enslaved descendants there. But right next to Homestead is the Redlands. We call it the Rednecks. Because those were the land-owning families who really, 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 really did not like black people. Now, I don't know if the Redlands has changed. I don't know if some of them have fled (laughs) in the last 20 years and moved further up north. 
some of that happened um between the 80s and the 90s a lot of a lot of white people left south florida and moved to uh-huh. orlando tampa and jacksonville and tallahassee and pensacola yeah yeah that's what they did they just moved a little bit up further up north but yeah uh-huh. redlands was very much like that clan activity in those in that area I am getting ready to go. So, Pastor Ben, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming in and sharing your insights today. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues Black Table Talk Edition. I've been your host, Shante Charles. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day, and I hope that I've said something that was helpful. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So, continue. To go out and be what, Pastor Ben? Light. Be light. Take care, everyone. Stay awake and be safe.